Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are fewer your films. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Chris. I am your host here at Inside the Sequel Podcast. You know what this is. This is that podcast where we talk about sequel movies that definitely do not get enough love or attention. Um, And we kind of just talk about them, we defend them, and promote them, and then sometimes even recommend, uh, much like today's episode. The movie we'll be talking about today is Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. (laughs) Vicky's getting ready for the prom. Good morning, prom queen. Only nominated, not the winner. But she's about to get a visit from the past. I've been seeing things. Hallucinations about Mary Lou Maloney. That girl who died at our school. My mind plays strange tricks. It's not my mind, damn you. It's Mary Lou Maloney. We're in trouble, you and I. What are you talking about? Mary Lou Maloney has come back. It's like I'm not in control of myself. I am afraid I might hurt somebody. Somehow her spirit has come back from the grave and she will come after you and me. This is the only thing that will protect you. You're gonna be gone? Be gone? Come on. You're not leaving this house. Mary Lou has found her way back. And Mary Lou is coming out to party. Um, With today's special guest from Good Times Great Movies, we have Doug, um, who's the host of this podcast, which is all about 80s movies, which I think, you know, when you think about podcasts and being about certain decades, you think it could get stale? Well, this podcast is not <laughs> stale at all. Um, and let me just have Doug hop in and just start saying hi and just go after. Doug, how are you today, man? I, I'm i great. And and I do have to say thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate um, – I mean, this was initiated by me. It's not like I was on your radar or something like that. I had to say I need to come on this show. I need to talk about a ridiculous movie. I understand you did one on Beverly Hills Chihuahua too, so I think anything goes, I guess, on this show. So really, I feel like I could have come in with anything, and you would have been like, "I sure," you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, fine, whatever you want. So no, I I appreciate um, the fact that you. I guess accepted my uh, invitation on your own show. No, you're one of the rare breeds that genuinely wants to be on this podcast. Usually, I'm paying off someone to be on here. I'm like, can I okay. get a favor on here? Like, I'll let, uh, we'll do this movie. It'll be good, and then they'll be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but, I think it's, I think it's a tough thing. Like, I couldn't. 
you know, as I said to you before we started recording, like we don't have guests on our show. It's mm -hmm. just it's me and it's Jamie and, and that's fine. Occasionally, like we started, we just brought on people we knew and we were like, mm, there's no reason to do that. So we don't do it. But what you do, like the fact that you have to rely on guests and you have to try and like sync up times to get together. That's I do not envy you being in this <laughs> position, honestly. Yes, this podcast is a, is a has a strange correlation with my my growing drinking. Um, it mm -hmm. seems like every time I, I I record, I have a drink in hand. Um, it's okay. I got one here and I've been, I've been doing my show for six years, so it's not going to get any better is what I'm saying to you. Yeah. And, and you know what, Doug, I really do appreciate it. Like, um, a guy with doing the type of stuff you're doing with JB, mm -hmm. um, and to want to be on here, it really is humbling. Um, and you know, what's funny when, um, when you wanted to be on, I was like, Oh, cool. And I was like, why does this logo look so, you know, similar to like, not to me, but like, why, why mm -hmm. do I know this logo? And I remember when I was first a year ago, when I first started this podcast, I remember like thinking up designs for pod, mm -hmm. my podcast. And even before the Inside the Sequel podcast started, I was looking at your show and your logo. Okay. And I was like, I like that, that old kind of cartoon <laughs> and like VHS right. aesthetic. And, and then it's like a, almost a year later, it's like you're on the podcast. And I was like, what, what are the odds? Like of all the random podcasts I was just scrolling through. Oh, that's, that's the fantastic. One. That's crazy. I, I will have to tell the designer of that logo, <laughs> who was not me, uh, <laughs> that you said that and that you appreciate it. Because originally our, our podcast was called Be Kind Rewind. And we had the, you know, the mm -hmm. smiley face sticker. And that was our logo. And immediately we got a message from another podcast. And they were like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I can't believe you did this. This is our show. And I looked and they posted their first episode like a week ago. And I was like, well, I didn't. Yeah. No, I checked beforehand and long story short, we changed our name and then they made like five shows and stopped doing it. So I'm kind of <laughs> pissed, but you know what? I like the logo in the end. I, I like it too. And uh, that's kind of funny. I, I've kind of had like that fear of like, oh, what if someone like starts to muscle me a little bit, but then I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, this is a podcast. I, mean, I feel like podcasters are all friends, right? It's, it's actually a pretty good community. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that was the only thing. And that was before, because I could have blown that out of proportion, honestly. Because that was before I have done anything at all. Like, we didn't even record our first episode when that happened. So, no, every, everybody, honestly, is pretty cool. And, like, I feel like you're in this circle. Because I was just on Schlock and Awe yeah. recently. Mm -hmm. And I went on uh, Cobwebs mm -hmm. before it sort of changed format i'm not saying it changed because i went on and because of the movies i brought were so terrible who knows who knows why it changed format like i feel like i just have to get into film feast mm -hmm. and i feel like i've kind of and to be honest the thing i'm doing and the reason i did this is just from dan epler's podcast like i keep hearing people like you and i was like well let me check out this show and i think that that's that's how I found you. And the other thing is, and I could be wrong, and I'm sure I'm wrong. I don't know that anyone else is doing this. That can't be right. Someone else has to be doing this, but I don't know who. I can't find it. There are a few contemporaries who who dabble in the sequel okay. phenomenon. And uh, one of them is pretty cool. It's called uh, Sequel Justice for Sequels, which I don't know if they're continuing or not, but they kind of like... I don't know. I don't like the scheme of it where it's like they judge if a sequel is valid or not. And I'm like, well, oh. that's kind of not fun. But I do like yeah. the concept of, you know, 
reviewing sequel movies. I don't know. The reason I started was because, like, as a kid, I always just would watch sequel movies and not know the difference between a good movie and a bad one. And I just enjoyed them. <laughs> um, and then, like, when I first started podcasting, I didn't like what I was doing. And I was like, well, I'll just go to your roots, man. Yeah. So, but yes, you you probably heard about me because I'm part of this guild of podcasters. Um, yeah, Daniel and I have been buddies. And, like, I, I, I did hear you. Um, we're with Lindsay and that cobwebs episode. I did really enjoy mm-hmm. not just saying that cause Dane is my buddy, but I did really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Sure. Um, thank you for changing his format. I do like the new approach. He's going, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> we'll keep that as a running joke, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the first time Doug, the, that I heard your podcast, when, like I said, I was looking at like mm-hmm. logos to start, yeah. I listened to one of your episodes and the reason, um, I was like, how weird is that? Is because one of your episodes you did on nightmare on Elm street Two, Freddy's revenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really liked that episode. Like you went in and just like reviewed the whole movie and like, I want you to, I want an episode added where it's just, you talk about the bird in the living room scene. Cause like, I'm still waiting for that. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) And, and here's, here's the other thing. I was listening through your episodes and I, I knew I wanted to do the show, but in prep, I go back through and everything like that. And you said, you talked about two movies in an old episode and that's when I knew that you and I would have something to talk about. And it was when you said you love Nightmare 2, which is great. I mean, I I will always pick the original first, but I really feel like it's in order. One, two, three, and then everybody can keep the rest. Uh-huh. I don't care. And when you said that the Suspiria remake is a bag of horseshit, <laughs> I was like, I totally agree. I hate that movie so much. And it gets so much love. And I just, I don't understand it. I watched it twice trying to understand why people liked it. And then immediately was like, this is not for me. I'm done trying. Yeah. You know, if you if you say that you like the Suspiria remake, do you really care about cinema is usually my train of thought. <laughs> it's like... Think about it. You like this movie and you're you're going to say you love all these classics and you throw Suspiria 20. Like the best part of the movie was Chloe Grace Moretz. Like just seeing her sure. on the film. I'm like, oh, cool. That's worth the price I, of admission I, right there. I'm yeah, I have no I have no issue with the performances. I even strangely enough have I might have no issue with the movie, but just don't call it Suspiria. <laughs> if it was called like Crazy Dancing Witches or something like you can get close to it, but just don't call it Suspiria. Cause I go in with baggage then. And, and if you don't, I don't know. I swear it, just... I will be like synonymous with like, I feel like I'm the, the reincarnation of like angry Joe reviews where it's like, <laughs> there's like a movie I'm like, just like everyone loves and I get passionately upset about it. I need to be on like the pure cinema podcast with like Tarantino and like debating some of these movies and just, yeah. If any of them are actually listening, like, yeah, totally hit me up. I'll be on there. But <laughs> Right. Yes. That's, that's the way it goes. You go instantly from me having, or having me on your show to me Dude, to talking to Tarantino. We're going to the mood. That's I'm taking you with me, Doug. <laughs> uh, seriously, if you get on there, just <laughs> patch me in somehow. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I'm one of those people like, oh, just bring it. Like if it's going on a trip, like bring a few things. I like bring everything with me. So it's like, if I'm yeah. there, I bring everyone. Uh, but Doug, seriously though, your podcast, it's a, it's a real treat. I listen, I've been binging quite a few um, since you were on with the cobwebs. I've listened to like the Robocop one. Um, we did Robocop two here with Matt Bledsoe. Mm -hmm. So if you go on film feast, I mean, shout that one out. Um, and and I listened to your scanners. I don't have the love for Robocop two that you, (laughs) that you guys do. (laughs) For me, RoboCop is one and done. Like, I have the trilogy. I mean, but I think I just bought it because they all came together. <laughs> it's like, it feels like Saturday morning, like, action figures, like, for me. I don't know. Oh, 
you know? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing is, and I don't, you know, I don't want to speak my age, but <laughs> listening, listening to you guys and going on your shows now, sometimes I do feel like the old man, like, I feel like there's a gen, a, it's, it is a hundred percent a generation gap. Cause you had said you were born in 96. Dude, you're like 20 years younger than me. <laughs> so I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Once RoboCop 2 came out, I had seen one 8 million times. And then I watched that and I went, this is not my RoboCop. I don't know what this <laughs> nonsense is. Which is funny because I do feel like that about a few things. Like, that's not my thing anymore. Sure. You know? So yeah. it's funny how it, no matter the age, there's always like we cling I on know. to something. And such a shame because I never want to be that old man who's just angry and like back in my day i try <laughs> and resist that so much but when it comes to film it seeps in from time to time yeah. i can't stop god it. bless film because it can bring the best and worst out of us <laughs> sure <laughs> but um i also listened to your scanners episode which is mm -hmm. which i thought was really great because not only did you talk about scanners and david Cronberg, but you also talk about criterion and boutique labels and i got really giddy um like I said, you were earlier before the recording, you're wearing your Janice t-shirt. So I know you're a mm -hmm. film guy and you probably only love a two, four films and buy every new release from Criterion. You son of a bitch, but yep. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> Actually, I stopped at 999 to be honest. I really did spine 999. I was listening to a podcast once and some guy was like, I'm not going to stop, but if I was, it'd be a good point. And I went, my walls and wallet can't take this anymore 9.99 sounds great and i'm not a fan of godzilla so i didn't get the big godzilla 1000 <laughs> so on my shelf i really do have all the blu-rays from i think it started at three to 9.99 oh but doug you missed like the best criterion release they've ever done with with spine number thousand with you know if they repackage it into something that's more boxy <laughs> oh, yeah. and I and I know where it fits on a shelf I, I will it. get it. I get that. <laughs> but man, those first 15 Godzilla movies are debatably the best in the entire collection. I can't think of any good movies outside of those movies. <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> Who am I to argue with that? <laughs> Persona? Nope. It's sorry. right up there with like some yes. of my personal favorites like uh Antichrist um, right. <laughs> I think they released Come and Come and See. Uh, yep. You know, I'm sure there's like a Michael Hankey film in there that I'll probably sure. want. Yeah. There's <laughs> plenty. <laughs> there's far too many, actually. Uh, but I've been, I've been, like I said, though, I'm binging no, a few of your episodes, you. and um, you were the reason I picked up Hell Comes to Frogtown. Um, oh, okay, great. During this, uh, during the Vinegar Syndrome sale, I. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it yet. I thought I'd watch it first, but then I listened to your podcast episode and I was like, ah, screw it. Like we're getting this baby. So <laughs> yeah, it's nonsense. It's the, it's the goofiest nonsense. So I'm, if I can, and that's the, th and that's what I love about these boutique labels. Like the fact that vinegar syndrome puts something like that out. And while we didn't like liquid sky, I had to buy that cause we were doing it for the show and I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's into this stuff, but you know, those boutique labels are fantastic. It, and yeah, I, I don't have enough money to get what I want to or need to. I'm pissed off that I can't afford to buy um, Sex World in 4K from Vinegar Syndrome or find a podcast that talks about tasteful nudes like that. Like, World, go on a spree. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like I'm sure you can find one. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sure you can find one. 
<laughs> there's at least one out there. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a podcast called The Hub or something like that that's going to be yep. like, hey, dude, just hop on in here. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about sex world. Sure. And I only want to watch it purely from a from a huge sci-fi fanatic that I am. That's purely the reason I want to see it. That makes total sense. There's, uh, I don't see any other reason to watch it. And then you're like, why did I hop in on this podcast? Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> but Hey Doug, you're, you're, this is your first time on this episode. You wanted yeah. to be on here. So I'm going to throw you through the ringer. Um, sure. So what are a couple sequel movies that you absolutely love? Um, every time a new guest comes in, I, I want to get a, idea what you know what do sequels mean to them and like when they started out going into film or as they got older with film what kind of embodied it for you no i would say um if if i was gonna if i was gonna pull ones that i think might be better than the originals i am not a fan of the original blade but i really like blade 2 oh. i think it's i think it's a lot of fun um i of course evil dead 2 mm-hmm. i think is superior to the original and while this isn't better than the original, people go absolutely apeshit for the original Night of the Demons. And I'm I'm on board with it. I enjoy it. It's a great, stupid 80s movie. But Night of the Demons 2 is such stupid fun. And anyone who I pushed Night of the Demons on, they're like, that was dumb. I didn't like it. The effects are horrible. I'm like, well, check out two. Everybody that hates one loves two. <laughs> so that's that's one that I definitely pull. And the thing that I'd originally uh, sort of pitched to you, but I'd already, you could have beaten her to it because our schlock and all episode has not come out yet. But Slumber Party Massacre 2 is an amazing movie that everyone should watch. <laughs> And it is so much better than the original. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, when you talked about uh, the demon too, because uh, you, you, I mean, if you decide to give me another chance after this recording sure. to uh, do okay. another sequel episode, I'm, I'll leave some reserved ones. Cause that was one you talked about. Uh, but I keep thinking about that movie and it's synonymous relationship to like, in my mind, these sequel movies to like, well-known movies, like you said, slumber party massacre mm-hmm. two and three, which I think two is only popular because the guitar guy, which oh, I see in the yeah. logo. And I also think Scanners two and three as well. Like, And I, I throw those movies all together because they seem like all of the same tree. Yeah, I, I think Slumber Party Massacre might have a lot to do with or, or in relation to what we're going to talk about here today <laughs> in that this one's a little more like, you know what? Prom night, fuck that movie. We're just yeah. doing our own thing. Don't worry about it. But Slumber Party Massacre 2, it's kind of the same thing. It's like some characters are from the first one, but they're played by different people. And they basically just take the first movie and throw it in the garbage. And are like, I don't know. Can we have a greaser like run around with a drill on the end of a guitar? And he might be a figment of her imagination. None of this may be happening. Who cares? And it's it. they play entire long songs like where people sing music videos break out in the middle of this movie it's it's amazing but it's not what we're here to talk about but it is great yeah no I, I i'd love to pick your brain some more on kind of these like everyone knows about the first one and then there's a sure. bunch of sequels that people forgot about and like i really want to get into those now like i like, just really quickly like the psycho sequels i kind of want to get oh, into yeah. those um, cause I'm not a big fan of the original. Sorry. That's just oh, really, me. okay. And then you like, might really like them. I, I mean, especially two, I would watch two. And if you really, really are into two, keep going. If you hate it, there is no reason to keep moving through that 
film series. <laughs> but then it seems like uh, like if you it's, uh, the next rabbit hole for that would be like the 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 house franchise, like you know, house the second story, and then like you get the third and fourth of those, and it's like they're through through Arrow Video, and I'm such a I'm such a I, I will do anything for that company. I'll, yeah, sure. You know, I'm like the girl in this movie where, you know, she just wants to win prom queen. I'm like that for Aero video. No, I, I have, I have, I'm looking at my house box right now and I don't like two, three or four. And I don't even really like one, but I have them all. <laughs> so that's like, uh, totally that's like understand. me and that's like all like criterion fans for the most part, isn't it? Like yeah. they just, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you pretend to like certain things, and uh, they're on your shelf, and you might watch it once, and you'll never watch it again, and you might have even gotten halfway through and shut it off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Nathan Jones and Daniel do with their 1930s and 40s films. Yeah, you think? (laughs) I mean, the nice thing about that is most of those are like an hour, so (laughs) it's pretty nice. Uh, And I am... And I'm not averse to old cinema and stuff, but I go in with that preconceived notion of being like, oh, back in this era, they made movies that were barely pushing an hour. I can do this. If I see anything that's like over two hours, I'm like, why would I? (laughs) I have no interest in this right now. Uh, It's a lot of time. I'm not even going to watch a superhero movie that's two and a half hours. Why would I watch uh, some old silent film? Why? Why is? Yeah, seriously. Like, why is film Twitter so obsessed with pre 1970s cinema? It's like, stop pretending me like 30s and 40s films <laughs> like we don't i'm sorry we <laughs> this is gonna no this, see i i am gonna disagree yes yeah. i do like i i do appreciate and i enjoy a lot of that stuff and i i i understand people wanting to not pretend they like it but just wanting to <laughs> to to keep reminding people that hey there was stuff made before 1970 like i totally 100% Um, and you know, 20 years ago, I thought I was way smarter than I was. So I watched way more of that then than I do now. Um, but I'm not going to begrudge anyone for trying to push silent film on me. I would, again, I would rather watch any silent movie than whatever Marvel puts out next. I have no interest. I could give a shit about that nonsense. (laughs) I don't care. It's not for me. I get it. Like, Lord of the Rings, it's not for me. I watched one of them. I went, this is not for me. Have fun with it, everybody. But I cannot sit through it, so. Yeah, I, my favorite part about <laughs> film is, like, the whole not having to feel like you have to like a movie, you know, because a lot of people do. Sure. I, 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 I've always been the type to tell people, let me know what you really think and no hard mm-hmm. feelings. You know, it's all fun. It's it's a hobby. Um, this is, you know, what we just talked about. I'm pretty sure Anthony from Cult of Cinema uh, podcast is going to be wondering, like, I can't tell if Chris is actually being serious or not about those statements he made. And all I'll say is, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even know me. And he's like, this fucking dipshit. What's going on here? So, they, no, they, I, they, yeah. That's no, just I, the podcast. I get it. No, and it, it really is. And I try not to be, I try so hard not to be a contrarian either. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody something's garbage just to get a reaction out of them either. But, you know, Ouch, life's thanks, too short Doug. to pretend you like something that you don't. <laughs> no, I get it. No, you're, you're totally right. I'm just having some fun and yeah. we're just messing around because honestly, sure. it's just a small budget podcast where we talk about, you know, sequel movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. That's what we've done so far, right? Talk about sequel movies. <laughs> you remember the first time when you watched Prom Night and then Prom Night 2? Uh, I, I remember watching Prom Night. It was, I was 
just out of college, you know, 21, 22, something like that. I was dating a girl and her sister was moving like back with her into her apartment. And she brought this big bin of VHS cassettes and I saw prom night. I'd always just heard, you know, that there's a movie called prom night. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know Jamie Lee Curtis was in this. So I asked her if I could borrow it and I watched it. It's not good. It's, it's not worth watching. I mean, have you seen it? I have. And I've, I, about a, a little bit younger than you when I wanted yeah. to watch. I watched it in high school, but I was like a junior, senior, and I was like, same thing. Heard about Prom Night. Jamie Lear Curtis is in it. Um, it's referenced in Scream as well, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. So I was like, I got to watch it. And yeah, it's for 1980. I get it. it's early in the slasher genre, but at the same time, much like another um, 80s slasher with Jamie Lee Curtis, like Terror Train, um, mm-hmm. which is also a Canadian slasher too. Um they didn't really do it as well for me, but there are things I appreciate. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think there's a terror train, too, as far as I'm aware, unfortunately. Like, Prom Night got a sequel. Um, unless you count Midnight Meat Train, maybe that could be a terror train sequel. <laughs> I would love that if they just called that terror train, too, because it makes sense. Sure, why not? <laughs> right, but, uh, yeah, okay, so, you, so what about the yeah. second Prom Night, too? The second one, it's so that? funny. I just saw it last year when we did it on our show. That was the first time I had ever seen the sequel. I had always heard it was good, but because I was kind of so turned off by the original, and I looked and I was like, well, wait, Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in it. Like, I have no interest in watching this movie, um, but I heard it was kind of crazy. And last year on the podcast, we did a summer of sequels yep. that I wanted to extend into October to do horror movies. Um, Because I knew when we got there, I knew I wanted to watch Nightmare 2. I knew I wanted to watch uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2. And then this just fit in, and I couldn't even believe what I was watching. Like, I couldn't couldn't believe this, like, Carrie Nightmare on Elm Street mashup, and they just threw Prom Night onto the title. It's it's an amazing film that I absolutely adore. (laughs) I didn't, this was a first watch for me. When you said you wanted mm-hmm. to be on it, the reason was because I was like, oh man, Prom Night, I remember it. Yeah. Eh. So then once I read, um, when I looked up Prom Night 2, it said, oh, you don't have to watch the first to remember the second. To do, you know, to, I was like, oh sweet, I get to skip watching this one. And, right. and uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't look up what it was about or anything. Yeah. I just thought it was going to be a slasher. And it's totally yep. not that. And I kind of like that. <laughs> No, it's this bizarre paranormal. Like I said, like it's just it just happens to take place at a prom. I mean, twice in this movie, <laughs> um, and that's when they, I guess, decided, hey, what sort of franchise or what has name recognition? And I find it amazing that they were like, well, let's go back to something that was made in 1980. Like there was nothing else, no other slashers that they could take the name from, or maybe this one was. You know, they could get it on the cheap or something like that. But, yeah, this is something that I did not see coming. And at every turn, for some reason, every performer is giving this 100%. That Wendy Lyon, who plays Vicky, Mm -hmm. I don't know what she's doing. Like, I don't know what she thinks she's doing in this movie. But it is an amazing turn her character takes. (laughs) And, yeah, I'm just... This is something that... You know, it it's something that I didn't expect to love as much as I did. And I think when a movie does that, that's 
then really important to me. Like if I go in, if I go in with terrible expectations and it ends up being something that's okay, I feel like sometimes I'm more on board with that than I probably should be than that movie deserves. Mm -hmm. But when I don't know what to expect at all and the movie just blows my doors off as this one did, I, I can say nothing better about this film. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of like copycat movies, you know, yeah. like, Movies that borrow so much from different genre, like, you know, especially like in the 2000s, the zombie genre trope was borrowing so much um, from like The Walking Dead and other um, zombie movies. And in like the 80s, slashers were copying other slashers. And like, I guess people would say like they were ripping off. But like with this not being a slasher, be more paranormal, it borrows a lot of other elements from slashers that I like. So like you said, yeah. Nightmare, um, Paranormal, like with like Harry... I thought I, I felt like Exorcist slash Poltergeist vibes oh, with this movie. Sure. <laughs> and this movie takes everything. It just apes things from other movies and is like, what's a cool nightmare gag? Oh, maybe this chalkboard turns into a pool or something. Yeah. Like that is a hundred percent nightmare gag. Mm -hmm. And especially when the the sheet or the dress wraps around the girl's neck. I mean, that's <laughs> right out of the original yep. nightmare. Like it, this thing is just grabbing stuff right and left and. And somehow trying to fit all these pieces together. And I could understand if somebody saw this and was just like, this is a mess. But it's a beautiful mess of a movie. Mm -hmm. It really is. And Michael Ironside is, I understand that he doesn't always play the same character. But it's like he just, and I know these movies were not made at the same time. It's like he stepped off of the set of scanners directly into this movie. Because... I am not comforted by his presence ever. No. I know that he's not supposed to be evil. <laughs> Spoiler until the end. But at every turn, I'm like, this is no one that you should trust. <laughs> yeah. It, for a movie in 1987 that borrows a lot from like franchises. I know. I don't know at the time in the late 80s if these were like franchises. So, like you had like Nightmare 3 coming out. Yeah. Creepshow 2. Evil Dead 2 was coming out mm -hmm. this year too, as well. But. Every character, well, not every character, but there's a lot of characters that have like names that are from like, there's like Dr. <laughs> you know, Mr. Craven. Um, yeah. There's a Romero character. There's a Carpenter last name. It's like borrowing the names of these oh. horror directors. And I'm like, when I don't, the, is that when homage? The one girl's name, when the one girl's name is Henenlotter, I was like, okay, now you're, now you're laying it on a little too thick. Like, <laughs> Okay, fine. You can you can have your mainstream, but you're when the people creating this were like, you know, it's a great movie basket case. Why don't we just use Hand and Lauder's name in here? That's where I am simultaneously on board with what they're doing, but also that stuff kind of made me roll my eyes. <laughs> it's odd that that's the one thing about this movie that I was turned off by. Yeah, it's like it's like pre-scream, but it's trying to be meta, like, but not in the film itself, you know? No. It's because so... I think a lot of times this film is taking itself and the performers are taking themselves way too seriously. Like wait, like <laughs> it doesn't deserve this kind of you know, buying in and, and getting as deep into these roles as these actors are, but I don't know, the professionals, and I, I really appreciate everything that everyone's doing in this movie. Mm. That mother's insane. Yeah. That mother, that that woman's like, I don't know, she's just professionally has pursed lips about everything, and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, the, this movie takes itself way too serious and pays respects to bigger and more talented um, um, 
uh, movie makers, it's much like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always shout out big podcasters and their shows like I know them, but of course I don't. And I rip off some of the things they do anyway. So that's why I kind of like this movie, I think. And I think it fits yeah. the theme of Inside the Sequel. Um, and what I like about it, like we said earlier, it doesn't, the only thing it borrows from the first movie is it takes place in the same high school. And even then yeah. it's not like a movie where like, Oh, the high school is a character of its own or anything like that. It's just like your run of the mill bummy right. high school. <laughs> yeah. Cause I guarantee you it was not shot in the same high school. It was not shot in the same sets. It's just, yeah, it's, it really is. And I don't know, uh, like I said, I did a lot of prep and I listened back through, um, a lot of your shows. I don't know if you ran into, um, films that did this where they basically just take the original and throw it in the garbage or barely reference it because, you know, I mean, this wasn't made Mm -hmm. with the intent of being a sequel, but I don't know if you've run into that before or have you done pretty much strict sequels? Not, not like a lot of this nature at all. Usually it's, uh, it's me trying to convince people that the next movie that continues the story is much better when, but in this case they feel like different movies. They're in, Mm -hmm. They're not even a shared universe, which is interesting. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing. If anyone's listening and maybe they haven't seen the original prom night, there's no baggage with this. Like you said, yeah. you don't need to watch the original. Like if, if you just want to check this out, you can, you can go into cold. You don't need any backstory, <laughs> uh, you know, about when she's shopping for bras with her brother. That's not important to this second movie. So you don't need to watch that original. No, but the creepy incest does carry over in this one, though. Right. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about it a little bit, though, Doug. Yeah, sure. So, so the movie starts off in the 50s, which is a scary time, um, where Mary Lou is just like, this. is she popular or is she like unlikable? I, I, don't, I couldn't figure it out if people I, actually liked her or not, but they must have because she, she becomes the prom she queen. She won prom queen, and I, didn't, I don't know who's voting for her. Like, I... It's it's a very confusing thing where you're like, well, this person's clearly horrible, and yeah. I don't know why anyone in this school would like her, but she's winning hands down. Everyone's applauding. Nobody tries to save her life, so maybe that says something about how they feel about her. <laughs> right, and she goes with the uh, Billy, the um, the character in the movie. She's that's her date. They look like they're having a good time. They kind of look like a cute couple. Um, he's totally invested in her, and. Uh, she, I don't know whether she is or not, but she runs out with another guy and, you know, he gets simpish and uh, starts to get upset when she starts cheating on him. It's amazing. Cause first of all, this it's young Michael Ironstein that they like, I don't know what this casting director did <laughs> to find someone who looks like a young Michael Ironstein, but they totally did it like this, you know, 17, 18 year old with a receding hairline yeah. of someone in their mid thirties <laughs> is amazing. But the fact that what I love is when she's backstage with this other guy and they're kind of just like grinding on each other. And this young Michael Ironside comes out and is like, we've been together for a year. We've never done that before. I'm like, what? What have you been doing for a year? They're not doing anything. They're not naked. They're doing absolutely nothing but drinking and dry humping. <laughs> It really reminds me of my own high school experiences, too, but just not as frequently of being in a relationship for a year. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're like, I was always dry humping backstage, but, you know, I just didn't have the relationship. Uh, I guess I didn't take it that way. 
<laughs> uh, but no, yeah, Billy, he, he's like all pissed and he moves, he, 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 he decides to get revenge mo- mo- much like the incels of the internet. When, when a girl rejects yep. them, they want to get revenge <laughs> on the girl. Right. And so yeah. she, he gets a, what's a stink bomb that was thrown yep. in the garbage and decides to throw it at her in front of everyone. It's, and I don't, I don't understand how you get from A to B, I'm now the principal. Like, I don't, I want a whole movie about how this character's life went. <laughs> yeah, where are the charges? Charges must have been dropped. Right. It is funny because he's in the bathroom at one point and I guess the current principal walks in and looks at him and they share like three words. But one of those words should have been someday this will all be yours, man. Someday you'll take my job. This will be yours. Like, Because it is I don't I don't know why that happens. I, I do love the fact that our only our main male characters and the two that are kind of responsible for her death, how they stay in the town. And the one becomes the principal and the other one's a preacher. Like, it's just, it's this wonderful, like, these two horrible people who basically <laughs> murdered a girl are now responsible for the morality of <laughs> children in this town. Mary Lou, she, she seems like this sweet girl, but she is horny as hell. She yep. has no regard for, like, boundaries of a relationship. And she just cares about being the prom queen. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. literally obsessed with being the prom queen. She's demanding. And then she gets lit on fire. And I'm not going to lie, Doug, the, when everyone just watching her burn to a crisp when she looks up at um, Billy, it's a pretty unnerving scene. It looks pretty oh, legit. It's horrible because the guy she was just almost kind of maybe having sex with, he takes off his jacket and takes about three steps. And there's like, I don't know. Nope, you're too far gone at this point. They all just watch her. They all just watch this poor girl burn. Yep. And she goes up like she's wearing a paper mache dress. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But I do have to say, and I, I looked into this, like, at the time, and I'm not sure when and if it's ever been beaten, this was, like, the longest on-camera full-body burning scene. Jeez. And it's someone wearing a strapless dress. Like, it's not like a big guy in a trash bag suit mm-hmm. this, it's it's absolutely phenomenal if you look at this and you're like this was in 87 and i guess this person didn't die <laughs> yeah i was literally wondering how they did this scene because she's yeah. also in the flames looking up at billy and it kind of sets the tone for the sympathizing for mary lou at least in my eyes yep. um and then we fast forward and you get vicky with her mom and man you were you said it earlier her mom is unnerving like She's like, I wish she was more like the mom from sleepaway camp, you know, like where she's just a little bit more crazy. This woman's like the opposite of that. She is like fire and brimstone. She's like worse than Carrie's mom almost. If every movie could have a character as great as the mom in sleepaway camp, I would watch every movie. I would have to purchase every film ever made. That woman, and she just passed. It's such a sad. It's so sad. That is sad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's amazing. (laughs) Yes. But this this mom for Vicky is... 
is complete yeah. opposite. How is she in a marriage with a guy who's like complete opposite to her too? Like the father of Vicky is like so on her side and supportive, and then this mother's like, "Your green, your green dress is fine. Forget about prom." And like one, yeah. I get it. Prom dresses are expensive, and you wear them once. Mm-hmm. Basically, I totally get that financial responsibility part, but I'm pretty sure that's not the reason why. That's not the reason, because it's even because her boyfriend shows up on a motorcycle, and I have children. I have actually mm-hmm. three daughters myself, so I understand the concern of motorcycles are dangerous. But that's not what her mom's concerned with. Like she's concerned about this bad boy and maybe you shouldn't spread your legs on a motorcycle. Like her mom, <laughs> yeah, she's deranged and yeah, her dad seems cool cuz he's even like, "Well, how much money do you need for a new dress and blah 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 and so on." But I don't know that he starts making out with her later. Like I don't know what's going on in this household. Yeah, it it is it's pretty nuts. <laughs> I I, I, I kind of like this theme of, like, I, I, it's a weird message, and I tried piecing, like, Doug, I tried to, like, kind of <laughs> pull through the tall grass of this movie sure. about religion and the teenage adolescent mindset because mm-hmm. the mom is so adamantly against anything non-traditional, whether that's an untraditional boyfriend, untraditional transportation of its time, um, untraditional dress. Um, she she doesn't yeah. even like the idea of um, of her like not even going to college. You know, she wants oh, right, right. She wants yeah. to take a year, take off. A year off. And uh, you know, these are all normal things that a young person probably thinks is fine. But the the mm-hmm. the, the strict, staunch traditionalist does not want to get through that. And it's kind of the same thing with um, the buddy character who becomes a priest. He really derails the teenagers from being you know, anything sort of like Mary Lou, which is like very promiscuous or, or right. very uh, outlandish and outgoing. And it's like trying to like suppress them. And it almost, and it makes the, the Vicky's relationship with her mom stagnant. Like she lies to her. She only confines with her boyfriend. And it's like, I don't know if I'm looking too into this movie, but, which I probably am, but man, there no, is I mean, such I, a, a line drawn yeah. about the religious, people in this movie and their kind of almost intimidation of adolescence in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say that you're looking into it more than the people that made it, but I don't <laughs> think that that's saying too much, but I, I understand what you're saying because it's actually kind of funny too. Cause they're really, there aren't any heroes in this movie. No. Like nobody's right. Like everybody's just taking things so far to, opposite like crazy extremes and you may say like well michael ironside feels bad about what he did and Mm -hmm. perhaps he's the hero but no i look at michael ironside's face (laughs) and i'm like he's not a hero of anything it's just this movie doesn't quite know what it is but i don't think it cares about that at all i i just think it wants to tell a cool story and show crazy visuals and go in and reshoot scenes to make it even more insane with a rocking horse. Like that's all this movie wants to do. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. And you know, that makes sense. I, I, I do think that that mo- this movie accomplishes being entertaining. You know, it's a film mm-hmm. and it needs to be entertaining. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, for whatever the message or the story, um, 
that this movie was trying to do, if it even was trying, it makes up for it by having <laughs> such amazing kill scenes. There not, aren't too many, but man, they hit. Again, Canadian horror, got to give credit. So inventive and so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I do appreciate, like, you know, we already talked about how long this poor woman has to burn for. Um, the misdirection kill of her pregnant friend is so fantastic yeah. just when that paper when that giant yeah. paper cutter comes up and you're like her head's gonna get cut off but wait no that wouldn't look like a suicide so it's a hanging but then just for fun she's thrown out the window at the end which also well then it's that's not a suicide like you don't hang yourself and then jump out a window yeah it makes no sense they try and justify it but it's just so much fun um <laughs> Every stupid kill in this movie is awesome. Yeah, my favorite is the head job um, kill um, mm -hmm. because Vicky has a couple friends and when they're compete because she's up for prom queen, so that's kind of why yeah. Mary Lou becomes this uh, spirit that haunts the high school. Um, is that why? Because I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why any of this is happening. Yeah, Doug. Don't, did you? You know, prom was a big deal, and high school is like it never leaves you, man. The best years be are yeah. behind us with high school. You're never gonna well, get better I mean, if than you, that. If you do die on prom night, I can see that actually being the case. <laughs> <laughs> I watch this movie like, like in the. I was trying to feel the energy of the characters. Like, yeah, it's prom night, looking good, you know, setting up and decorating. But then I'm like, you sad sack of shit. You were just, you didn't even have a date to your senior prom. <laughs> you went with a buddy, <laughs> and then I left early prom to go watch Don John with my friends, and then I fell asleep and rented movies. That was my senior prom. Uh, ladies and That's gentlemen. totally fine. There's nothing. I went to prom with a girl. I don't remember it. Like it was, it was the least. I remember certain classes in high school more than I do prom. <laughs> so yeah, don't worry. You missed nothing. The biggest thing is I can't believe I had to pay to go to prom though. They had, they had like an oh. entrance fee. I'm like, why do I have to pay for yep. this? It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. And I could not tell you, I guarantee you a week after prom, I did not know who was prom queen. <laughs> didn't, that meant nothing. But it does to Mary Lou because she comes it back does. from the dead, yes. man. And I love how anything that's like detrimental to anything to the prom, Mary Lou, the spirit decides to go and like take care of that person. Whether yeah. it's like, what was that girl doing? Was she taking like a jewel off the crown? And I don't, yeah, so like, I don't know. She was doing an arts and crafts project. First of all, after hours, I love how the janitor comes in and is like, just lock up when you're done. Lock the school? What? I was yeah, I, that too. It's amazing because I don't know what she was doing. I thought she was like bedazzling her own prom dress. Mm -hmm. Also, to go to prom with the guy who knocked you up, who isn't returning your calls, like, who's she going to prom with? Dude, high school's tough, man. High school's <laughs> tough. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. And then I like how also she, Mary Lou goes back and basically Buddy and Billy are trying to right their wrongs from the past, which I don't, it feels like they already got off on a clean slate anyway, because they're doing whatever yeah, they're doing you're fine. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you became a priest. You almost had sex behind us, you know, behind a stage and you decided to never have sex again. You're fine. You went above and beyond what you needed to do. <laughs> He's gotten further than I've ever gone. So good for him. Um, 
but yeah, so he dies with a cross stabbing, which I think is pr- it's a pretty good scene. Like you, it is. like Mary Lou kind of impersonates someone else. Uh, it's uh-huh. Vicky, and you know, you know, stabs him in the throat with a cross. How very symbolic <laughs> that is. It, I'm always impressed by horror movies that do like uh-huh. horror elements or like kills inside of churches, like on location. Oh yeah, because just like as a you know someone who grew up Catholic, that's such like a sacrilegious thing. But like me as a horror fan, when I watch that stuff in movies, I'm like, oh, dude, the balls on that. That's awesome. Yeah, I I am not a religious person. I didn't grow up Catholic. But there is something that seems so Catholic about how these two guys <laughs> do not leave town. Like they don't pick up. Like they're just like, this. we will live in this now. Like this, this tragedy, like we are responsible and we're just going to stay in it the whole time. Also, can we talk about how how much the director adores establishing shots in this movie. Everything is a sta- the whole, like the first two minutes of this is just establishing a school forever. And then we have to go establish the hell out of a church. It takes forever just to do that. Yeah. There are like, why does Vicky go to confession like three times in the movie? And, it just like, and is she there on prom night? Yeah. Like at the end of her writing, I expected her to be like, "Oh shit, prom's in like twenty minutes. I gotta <laughs> get out of here." Sins now. <laughs> you gotta get him out of the way just in case. Uh, <laughs> my biggest, my biggest, like, um, my my heart goes out to Craig, Billy's son, Vicky's boyfriend, because he yes. he doesn't know what his dad did, even though his dad acts weird, staring at you know burning his yearbook and staring at and like all these other things. And, and, and Craig's, he's just kind of like hanging out. He's just trying to hang out with his girlfriend. He feels like the Johnny Depp character in nightmare on Elm street, just kind of like with yes. Nancy and kind of going mm-hmm. with the flow. Um, yeah. For your dad being principal of your school, this guy seems to have made it through. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't, I would not want to be that, student yeah and i love later on in the movie when billy realizes that Mir- i love how <laughs> it's crazy it sounds he realizes mary lou has taken over his son's <laughs> girlfriend's body the first thing he decides to do is pull out a pistol and start trying to shoot her in the same spot <laughs> yep. he killed the spirit <laughs> of course he's like i got one move it's these rafters that's all i know <laughs> i knew i stuck around here for some reason <laughs> But it is like, I don't understand. And this is half the fun of this movie. And I think you're right. Cause as much as I don't want this to be the reason why Mary Lou comes back, it really does simply to win prom queen. Like, it's the dumbest reason. Like if she came back to just fuck with Michael Ironside's kid, you know, to be like, I'm going to murder this child of yours and I'm going to ruin your life. Like there's something to that. Like there's insane stakes to that, but just to be like, you popped a jewel out of my crown and now I guess I have to kill you and I have to take over someone's body who isn't popular at all. Like if you're going to possess somebody, possess that bitchy girl who gets murdered with like a neon sign at the end of this. Like why it doesn't, it makes absolutely zero sense. The motivation of this is, is just crazy. Yeah. When you compare to the first prom night, it's more about an aesthetic like the mm-hmm. the night of prom doesn't matter really. Jamie Lee Curtis isn't, you know, being killed because she's going to be prom queen or anything like that. Just like a, a six stalker movie. Um, right. And this she's, one, she's only, she's only killed because she disco dances for at least 20 <laughs> minutes in that movie straight. 
and in this movie, it, it's all about it's all about the prom night, baby. Like the the, yeah. the the sanctity of prom night has to be upheld, and it's it's silly, but I kind of respect it. <laughs> they, like they like prom night, defend it with your life, you know. <laughs> right, and I love the fact that Mary Lou takes over Vicky and is just like, well, what am I gonna do? I guess I'll dress. A little less conservative. Not a whole lot less conservative. No. Let's not go too crazy here. <laughs> Everything's still baggy and cinched in weird spots. But then she's like, I guess I'll infuse some of my hip 50s lingo, which anyone who knows her is like, what the fuck's wrong with this girl? But I guess everybody else is like, she should be prom queen now. Ah, ah Every time I have to see, uh, see a later alligator, I'm just like, kill. <laughs> at least kill. five of them. It's like, here. light me on fire at prom night next. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. But I, I love how, man, they like... The directors, the who, the writers, they dedicate everything to this '50s aesthetic, from the music, oh, yeah. the lingo, like you said, the dress. Um, one of my favorite kills in the whole movie is in the in the female locker room when they're arguing, and Mary Lou <laughs> keeps turning the music on, and then she keeps turning the music off, and it's on and off, <laughs> on and off, and it's just like, oh my god, so I'm gonna throw the radio, and then they throw it, and it's that. that oh, sorry. That's a scene also that that just sort of. That comes out of nowhere. Like that, that's a scene that should, you know, in your, you know, sleazy movies that mm-hmm. I used to, you know, sneak and, and watch on HBO at like 1 a.m. when my parents were asleep. Thank you for I your honesty. Yeah. Like, I mean, those are like that should be front loaded in a movie. Like you don't you don't watch a movie for 45, 50 minutes to finally see a nude scene. <laughs> like that is that's an amazing thing about this movie. And not just a nude scene. It's just like I'm going to be naked for the entirety of this scene and it's such like a a fucking baller move that she does to this girl to be like, you know yeah. what? Nope, tops off, lady. Let's just do this. And it's and and the kill is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, Mary Lou, when she takes over Vicky's body, feels like um <clears throat> uh again to reference sleepaway camp, feels like uh the girl, the the bully in that movie, the, the girl who's like, she's too much of a square in need of a screw. She's a real carpenter's Feels of that vein, yes. Feels of that vein, and I love it. Yeah, it's (laughs) yes. There really is like, and and it's strange for a movie that has no heroes. I do find it funny that they have to have the almost like cartoonishly villainous girl who's like the bad girl at this school, who to me never feels like she's ever threatening in any way. She feels she's almost like the least interesting part about what Mary Lou's doing at this point. Like every time she's on camera, I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't need to listen to, I don't care about this. And the fact that she's willing to give that guy a blowjob at the end, I'm like, what? I don't, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, I, she seems super popular, but also like a horrible bitch. But I guess she's more like Mary Lou, so maybe she should have won Prom Queen. I'm not sure. Yeah, that that whole character, the guy, I forget his name, where he's just always like about science and looking at Einstein. The potato radio guy? Yeah. yeah. That is like, you deserve like a, a Writer's Guild Award for thinking of a character like that. Yeah. Oh, can I tell you the dumbest bit of trivia about that character? Please. There are four Prom Night movies. Mm-hmm. He is the only person that's in all four movies, and he plays a different character <laughs> in all four movies. That is 
awesome. Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> and I hope he gets head he, in all four movies. Well, he did it in the first one. I would have remembered that. I'm guessing he doesn't after. No, he's one of the little kids at the beginning of the uh, oh, original. Oh, well, yeah, that one. made it yeah. real creepy. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> But again, another sweet death. I love how, you know, he gets electrocuted in the in the face and it just mm-hmm. melts. It's just so cool. I think when I was reading about it, the, a lot of the budget did go to a lot of the effects for the horror and the kill scenes. Like we talk about the chalkboard scene that's right out of Nightmare on Elm Street. I I, ca- I paused and rewinded that mm. and I was like, yeah. how do they do this? Like, like how did like you actually do that and manipulate the scene? It's so cool. Um, yeah, I so saw they had to rotate the set and everything like that. And, and the guy who did the um, the guy who did the effects is the the guy who did Freddy's glove. Oh, um, what's his name? I can't I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but it's the same guy. So you know, he was like, "This is shit I pitched to Nightmare, and they didn't want to do it. So let's just figure out a way to do this stuff." That's awesome. It's like getting like the scraps and just putting it in its own yeah. movie. I love that. Mm-hmm. This movie's like a Frankenstein, like an actual yeah. body of Frankenstein horror movies, like because it has. Bits and pieces of different. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! It's genius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the ending, we have to talk about the ending. I know most people are like wondering well, what the hell this movie's about, but like, I mean, it's a pretty simple plot about <clears throat> why Mary Lou is coming back to haunt everyone, and it's a possession story. But my god, the 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 climax and ending of this movie is what really takes it for me. Because <laughs> when Billy's dad shoots Vicky. Immediately, I thought yeah. <laughs> Craig's probably thinking, "What the fuck, Dad? You just shot my girlfriend." <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will say my one knock on this movie is probably the ending. Once we get into whatever, like costume trunkville, I'm just <laughs> I, there's too much happening, and there's too much. Is that Vicky? Is that Mary Lou? I'm not sure. Wait, are they going into the trunk? Oh wait, now they're outside of the trunk. They're in the same room. There's a lot happening, and I might just be an idiot. I had a hard time keeping track. <laughs> Again, I watched this three times now. I still was unsure at times as to what was going on. I like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I like how she has like her, oh, yeah, that was the thing. I, I, I like how she has like a trunk as like her hideout, and it's in the basement of the high school. And it's like, yeah. no one, like, why does this high school have a basement that's like this? Like, it feels like an old house basement. It's weird. Um, and that, oh no, that was filmed. You know, that was filmed in like a barn or something <laughs> like that. Like this is not, you're suddenly not in a high school. You're in a storage <laughs> unit somewhere and that's where you had to film. It's, it looks ridiculous. And also the fact that like, why, why is her spirit there? Why did they keep it? Like, is this just the guilt of Michael Ironside being like, well, I guess I'll box up her stuff and put it down here and her parents don't need her crown or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know the logistics of how this, yes. I guess, demon possession takes place. Seriously. Cause like, I mean, it's definitely not like ex- it's extended further outside mm-hmm. the high school. Cause she's like, she goes in like gives night terrors to uh, Vicky <laughs> and like, I don't know what's going on with the rocking horse doll um, thing, but that scene is a ter- is a nightmare. Um, Th- that's terrifying. And then that's... The, the dad comes in and sees Vicky on this rocking horse unicorn and thinks nothing of it. <laughs> oh, it's so like the rocking horse is yeah. like filleting her fingers. Like it's not, it's not good. And this <laughs> rocking horse looks terrifying yes. too. Like even just in the beginning, they do this pan of her room 
And nothing, I mean, other than we did just watch a woman burn, but you see that rocking horse and you're on edge. <laughs> you're like, this is terrifying, lady. Like, this should not be in a child's room. It should not be in, a, in an adult's room. Like, it looks like a challenge that someone gave an artist. Like, you see, can you make a horse look as terrifying and sinewy as you possibly can? And they did it. They did. And yeah, so like, I gotta, I gotta give that scene credit. And the ending, it, it is just Nightmare on Elm Street ripped off um, at the yeah. end. I, I mean, Michael Ironside, like you said, I wanted to believe either was good in him, but then I was also thinking, there's no way this guy's going to get redeemed. And they just go for it. <laughs> and when he turns around yes. and says they're playing his, their song. <laughs> That's when I was like, Mary Lou, was this your end game the whole time to like possess the body of the guy who killed you? Cause if it was, I, I applaud this long game that she's been playing <laughs> in the meantime, she was able to become prom queen and possess this guy. And what I absolutely love about this movie. And it's so ham fisted nonsense is if this scared, you, let's say you were watching this movie and you're a child, right? <laughs> if this scared you when Michael Ironside turned around and you realized, Oh my God, she's not dead. This is the most terrifying thing. The fact that they have the prom night two license plate yep. at the end of this just like <laughs> like they're married lifts everything and you need to be laughing at that point. Yeah, it felt like they were like getting married, like they're driving off on the sunset, and I see that and I'm <laughs> yep. like, wait, what? Yep. And it's, it's so and it's 1987. Bonkers. Like we're pretty yeah. late in the horror genre, of like of like of like high high high. Um, elevated horror movies of this decade, and you get this. I I absolutely love it. It's like. Evil yeah. Dead 2 just came out, but also, you know, hello, Mary Lou from Night 2. <laughs> I mean, some of this stuff, again, would feel at home mm -hmm. in Evil Dead 2. And mm -hmm. I and I really feel like, you know, I mean, this was, you know, Canadian where people would go and, I don't know, they got some shady money, so they <laughs> through, through Canada and all that stuff. I mean, this was sort of at the tail end of people doing this. Um <clears throat> But I just love the fact that they were able to get something this unique and, and this interesting out of out of doing that and out of, I don't know, exploiting Canada, let's say. <laughs> um, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, I'm, I'm glad that I could sort of bring something to you that you hadn't seen and it wasn't a slog or it wasn't anything, you know, that was difficult to sit through. Yeah, and I think it's because I didn't know what to expect. And even after yeah. watching it, I was like, wait how do I, how do I talk about this movie? Like, because it's like, it has a lot of elements to it. And, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to do was like buy the movie and it doesn't have a Blu-ray mm -hmm. release. I streamed it's to watch this movie. Shame. I I, yeah. I didn't have like a physical copy of all, but at the same time, it would have been cool to have this movie like as a VHS, you know, like a, oh my God. like a, like a yeah. rental. It would have been so cool. This, this is something that needs to, uh, and not to go back to, you know, Slumber Party Massacre 2, but that that had a Screen Factory release, mm -hmm. doubled two and three. But that's been out of print forever. So now you can get it for one hundred eighty dollars on <laughs> eBay. Um, but, yeah, this this needs something. If people are listening, if you have Shutter, it's on Shutter. Um, but if you want to watch it with commercials, it's on Tubi. Um, and, yeah, people should watch it like this needs some sort of release. Like I. I want some sort of commentary where people talk about what the hell was going yes. on. Like, get the get the kid that was in all four movies. He's got nothing better to do with his time. He can come in and talk about this. I think it'd be cool if they had Michael Ironside in this movie <clears throat> to kind of walk us through 
what it was like on set because yeah. it does feel like a lot of these characters, like they're not in the same world at all. No, no, no. And, and I mean, you say Michael Ironside on set, other than the ending where it really gets ramped up, it's a lot of Michael Ironside hanging out at his house by himself, <laughs> sitting in his office by himself. So the set is just Michael Ironside alone for the most part. Also, you never see his wife at all. It's never played. There's if she's never dead. a mention. Or- yeah, there's never a mention like, oh, mom died five years ago. <laughs> it's amazing that that's that's never mentioned whatsoever. Like these <clears throat> these characters at the beginning are such like sexless men, which is just an amazing <laughs> thing to carry through this movie. It's because sex and, is the real horror of this movie. Yeah, and this is um, and this is something I didn't know beforehand but just looking into it like mary lou is such a queer icon now too and i don't know if it's just the shower scene i don't know what it is about her but yeah no that community who are all you know behind nightmare 2 and everything Mm -hmm. i think this is another movie that's sort of falls into that camp i can see that i did think it was a little strange um, <clears> that that scene looked too familiar to me. Then you said Nightmare Two, and I'm like, I know exactly the scene that it's probably mm-hmm. borrowed from. Um, yeah, this is like one of those like late night movies that you just kind of put on, and it's kind of comforting. Um, I, I I didn't plan to enjoy it as much as I did because yeah. a title like Hello Mary Lou <laughs> Prom Night Two, I, I kept thinking like, what is this movie gonna be? Like I I literally yeah. have like no opinion. And then after watching, I was like, yeah, this movie needs a physical media release for me to get my hands on because I'd yep. love to display it. And uh, it does feel like of the vein of a nightmare too. Like it, it, it feels like it's borrowing from previous things and being its own things and some things don't work, but like yep. you overlook it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what the issue is. Like the, there, there are <clears throat> certain things that I understand. Um, you know, music rights issues is something that, that comes up constantly, yeah. but I don't know. Aren't those 50 songs in the public? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the issue is, why this isn't out there, because I know that it has a lot of, in the horror community, you know, for as good and terrible as they can <laughs> be, um, I know this has a special place. Like, people absolutely love this movie. So I'm so surprised it's taken, you know, this long for anyone to put it out. And I, I just hope it happens sometime soon. And it's weird that prom night has a synapse film release. Like of all the labels that puts out horror movies, I never would have thought prom night would be on that r- label. Uh, yeah. Synapse is a really weird company. Yeah. Like what do they have? They have that and popcorn and Suspiria. <laughs> you want to get a Suspiria 4k, <laughs> you got to get it through synapse. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're, they're getting things they really enjoy, so go for it, Synapse. If this is just <laughs> laying on the street, pick it up, somebody. <laughs> right. Um, but what was really cool is um, you mentioned you could watch this um, <clears throat> on Tubi for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also watch it on Shutter. I watched it on Peacock. Um, oh, okay. Which All is right. it's both one and two are on there. I should see if three and four were because I am interested to see that one character show up again. Um, but on Peacock, it I. It still had like the little lines from the VHS cassettes on that transfer. Oh my God. And I, it, it felt really kind of cool um, to kind of watch this movie and it's dark and you could hear some of like the, the cassette film parts. Wow, really? Yeah, it was, That's amazing. It was a weird experience, but like in the best way possible. <laughs> I mean, not enough to make me want to get Peacock, but the, the idea that somebody at Peacock was like, I don't fucking care. Who cares? Whatever. It's a VHS rip. Let's just put it up. Like, 
<laughs> We're not going to do anything with this. Uh, yeah. So, but, Doug, awesome. man, thank you so much for bringing this movie to my attention. Yeah. Um, this was so much fun. I, I, I really, I had more fun than I thought I would. So let's, <laughs> that's, let's say that. That's not the much first like, time I've uh, heard that on here. So much like Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, you know? Uh, no, this was, this was great. And honestly, if you're ever hard up for a guest or something, let me know. I'd be more than happy to come back on. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And, and I'll try and, I'll try and not try and find stuff that isn't horror related, but I am, that's the fear I have with your show is when you're talking sequels, <laughs> like 80% of them have to be horror movies, right? Like that's just the way it works. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I don't know if you'll ever get sick of talking about it, but that's the one thing where <laughs> even, even when I was thinking of what to pitch to you, I was like, I can't like horror movies like you know other than empire strikes back i'm like i can't think of anything other than horror right now so i'm i i feel like you're like me i'm such a horror junkie you know it's like my love for the genre knows no bounds so part you know that's why i like really enjoy this movie i'm sure there'll be probably a few people who watch this and be like what were they doing when watching this movie but at the same time I get it, but like just the way I love movies and especially horror movies, it's like that's the kind of stuff that reminds me of the growing up, you know? Like this was yep. easy. If if I was a kid in like the 80s or 90s going to Blockbuster, I went to Family Video, I would probably pick this movie up and probably think, whoa, this movie's wild, yeah. you know? I, I could not tell you the amount of times I saw this VHS cover, but I was too young to rent it because uh... the cover's amazing. And I, I do want to assume that they had this cover made, this poster made before the film was done. And I want to say they did that locker room squish <laughs> thing only because she's coming out of the locker <laughs> in, in the poster. Yeah. Not, it's a, it looks more intimidating than like a, a travel trunk or whatever she's yeah, in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Save that for puppet master, whatever, but just leave it for that stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, but Hey Doug, thanks man for hopping in, um, sure. and, and, and letting us know about this movie and, and how much you enjoy it. And, you know, you converted me on this one, buddy. And, <laughs> um, <clears throat> in a long list of great movies from the decade, I still mean it. You, you got, you, you and you, you were doing such good stuff there on the eighties, uh, genre. I would recommend certain thanks. movies for an episode. Cause I know you do like, um, one a month, I believe, where a guest will recommend one or once a year. Well, here's what I will say. Um, when you say guest, you mean people that support us on Patreon? Yes. Is that what you yes, mean? Sorry, what yes, sorry. Okay, <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. No, we do that. Yeah, if people support us at a certain level, um, they get to suggest a movie annually, and we have to do it, uh, <laughs> whether they're trying to torture us or actually want us to watch something good. Right. So I'll have to, I mean, I, I'm looking through your catalog and listening to a yeah. few of them. It's like, oh man, they've kind of done the ones I've already thought about. So it's like one of these days, I think I'll have to slide up, slide some money your way yeah. to, to hear a recommendation. So no, that's fine. And, and, um, I mean, it's, it's very selfish, but honestly, I use the podcast as an excuse to watch movies I've never seen before. That's awesome. Um, if you have looked through our category, <clears throat> We rarely do the heavy hitters. We just mm-hmm. do stuff that's weird and obscure and stuff we want to watch. Recently, um, we've done 16 yep. Candles and, and Back to the Future 2 is coming up. Mm-hmm. And we did a bonus episode on They Live. This is not what we normally do. Yeah. We, before that, it was like The Forest and uh, the TV miniseries Lace. Like, that, <laughs> like That's the kind of nonsense we do. But it's so much fun to just watch things I've never even heard of half the time. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, you know, that's how you keep things interesting, man. You got to like yeah. just make new discoveries. That's why I love doing this podcast and having great guests like you on here to to have one that 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 funny bone that you could tolerate with me for almost an, for an hour and then also oh. just have that openness to watch crazy movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, I, I really do appreciate you having me on. This was great. And like I said, anytime, let me know. I'm more than happy to jump back on with you. Well, you heard that all, everyone. So if you want to have Doug on here, make sure to do hashtag bring Doug back. Um, that won't trend at all. Uh, but Doug, where can people well, we'll find see. that podcast? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I mean, wherever you get podcasts, it's Good Times, Great Movies. We have a website, goodtimesgreatmovies.com. That's where you can find links to everything. And the shows are there. If for whatever reason you work at a place that won't allow you to listen to podcasts, I don't know. I don't know what job you have. But uh, yeah, so Good Times, Great Movies. If you type that in, we're the only game in town. So go from there. <laughs> Yes, and I second. Listen to this podcast. There is at least one movie on there that they talk about that you will enjoy listening to. I've already binged through a couple of days, like five of their episodes, so it's easy to do. Right. Um, but all I got to leave my listeners with is this. If you aren't clamoring for a Blu-ray release of Hello, Mary Lou 2, Prom Night 2, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time.